Hi everyone and thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk About It. I'm Shaylin, your host, and today we have Hello with me. Hi. And you can go ahead and just introduce yourself, tell them what you do and all of that. Okay, yeah. So uh, my name's Halal. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker. So um, I am a licensed therapist. I have a private practice. Um, I work full time and then I'm also a social worker. So love that. And I kind of gave Halal some homework to just kind of tell a little bit about herself and just her journey. So um, if you want, we can start off with just how did you get into therapy? Oh, you want me to start from the beginning? Yeah, all the way back. Okay, so I was probably 16. I was thinking about what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, I was a band nerd, so I was voted band captain in high school. And uh, my job was to literally manage people. So talk to them about their problems, help them feel better, and make the team run smoother. Yeah. So I kept getting all these compliments about how, oh, you're so good at talking to people. You should really, like, be a therapist or a counselor or something. And so I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to go to school for, like eight years. So I started talking to my mom about what that would look like. And she was like, uh, it kind of sounds like a social worker. And I was like, ew, yeah, (laughs) they don't get paid very much. (laughs) I'm trying to be rich. Um, so I did my research and I was really interested in working with, um, the less fortunate, but I still wanted to be able to pay my bills and have a good life. So I found out that you could be a medical social worker. So working with like people who have cancer, the hospital doing stuff like that so I got really interested in that and um I was an overachiever in Mm -hmm. school everybody hated me I was that kid that you would copy off of her homework and then she would make you fail your test um so (laughs) I called one of the social workers at Texas Children's Hospital because they had this really cool program I was interested in and I asked them how they became a social worker so at 16 I was already like vetting jobs and doing all this stuff and so she told me the whole process and that's how I got started and became interested in being a social worker eventually I wanted to be a therapist because I didn't want to just do casework I wanted to actually own my own practice see my clients do real sessions and all I wanted to do was just talk to them that was it right that's how I got started that's so cool so when you um you graduated high school You went straight to college. I did, yeah. So um, I was 17, so I was born in the summer. So I went to college at 17. Um, Four-year degree, I got my bachelor's in social work. Um, I went to FAMU in Tallahassee. And then I graduated. And before graduation, about a month before graduation, I got a job offer working for DCF in Jacksonville, which is now where I live. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the day after graduation, I packed up my car and I moved here and I started my new job on Monday and then I started my master's program a month later. Oh my gosh. And you were here in Jacksonville alone, like without any of your immediate family or anything. Right. How was that? Um, It was amazing. My goal was to go off and be independent. That's what I wanted. I always just wanted to have my own place, my own things, me and my dog, just be by myself and I wasn't looking or anything but then I met my husband like literally a month after moving here 
That's insane. Right, as starting my master's program, and we started dating. But, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. But, yeah, I really wanted to be here alone. It was great. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I love that for you. Yeah, it was nice. And then, um, so, kind of going back to whenever you first got your job here, DCF, you said? Mm-hmm. How long was that, and how was that? Um, so... I had always said I never wanted to work for DCF my yeah. whole life, but I made that sacrifice to be able to move to a new area because I said that's all I wanted was to be independent and start my journey on my own. So I took a job with the Sex Abuse and Human Trafficking Unit, which is a specialized unit for DCF. I worked there for six months. The only reason I left was because I started my master's program right as starting that job, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to do a clinical internship which was a year long and in both bachelor's and master's, anything in social work, you have to do two internships. You have to work full time Mm -hmm. at the internship. So I had to leave my job and find another job that would allow me to work the hours I needed to intern. So I worked at a methadone clinic. I got up, I started work at 3 a.m. I got off at one. I went to my internship from 1.30 until like, seven, eight o'clock at night. And then I did it all over again the next day. And I How did that for a year. How would you sleep though? If you're waking I didn't. up, oh my gosh, three <laughs> to one, one thirty to, that's stressing me out just hearing that. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but I mean, in social work, that is just, it is how it is when you're first starting out. That's why it's always good to have your end goal mm-hmm. and just go for it. Cause it's definitely, I've had some burnouts mental breakdowns tears crying some experiences yeah worth it in the end I was just about to say do you feel like it's all worth it it is yes it depends on your goal in my opinion it depends on your goal of what you want to do being a social worker is great depends on the state the city whatever type of job you're doing it's so broad um you could be in health care administration and be a social worker. So that's called macro social work. You could do micro social work, which is being a therapist. And a lot of people are like, oh, don't you have to go to school for psychology to be a therapist? No, there are like three separate tracks that you can take to do that. Wow, okay. Taught me something new. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It depends, though, on what you want to specialize in. A lot of people, psychology or PsyD, that's at least eight years of school. You have to get a doctorate for that. If you just want to do practice and you don't want to do research or testing and you want to be a social worker, maybe in 30 years, you don't want to be a therapist anymore. You don't have to get another degree. You already have everything you need. You could go be a teacher. You can teach in higher education um, as a social work professor and they get paid six figures. You can do that with a license, which is what I have. Um, Mm -hmm. You can work in the hospital. You can work as an adoption specialist. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. Yeah. yeah, no, that's super cool. And um, could you tell, I know me and Hello talk a lot, um, but I just so they can know kind of like where you're at now, what's going on with that, because now you have your own practice, which is huge. And yeah. I've probably congratulated you like <laughs> 10 times. But. Yes, <laughs> um, I'm very excited about the practice. So um, 
like I said, it's still a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. There is no like, oh, it's just this dream come true. It's great, right? It's, yeah. it's well worth it. But I work two jobs still. I work a full-time job. I work with cancer patients. Um, I finally was able to do that once I got my license, finally got to the end of the journey. It was worth it. So I started working with um, oncology patients doing medical social work, which allows me to you know, have enough money to be able to pay my bills, but also allows me to start a practice, right? So limiting some risks, you know, if it, if it fails or not. So all good business strategy, but yeah, I started my practice in February, the same time I got licensed um, of this year. I have like 10 or 12 clients, I think, and that's part-time. So I, I work. That's amazing. I work a lot. So is, um, you're basically working like nine to five and then you come home and do you, I know I'm asking a lot of questions that I know the answer to, but (laughs) I'm kind of doing this so they can kind of get to know you more. Um, Are you taking these clients at home at your practice or how does that work? Right. So um, my practice is all virtual. Um, I don't do anything in person um, because nowadays you don't have to. It's not a bill that I have to pay for an office space, um, which is an added extra expense right now. If I was doing it full time, I'd probably consider having some office space. And there's options for that. You can lease a space. You can um, lease it like two days out of the week. It's a shared office space or Mm -hmm. you can have your own space um, like you have here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's cool, too. But with therapy, it's all virtual. People like doing it from the comfort of their home since COVID. It has really allowed us to be able to just kind of. People like me work a second job from where we are. I have a home office, um, and I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. I get to see people from all across the state um, because I'm licensed in Florida right now. A lot of my clients are in Miami, Tampa. Um, I don't have any in Jacksonville virtually. All of my clients are outside of this area. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Yeah, all across Florida, mostly down south. Um, So, yeah, I really enjoy it it from my house yeah and um do you so with with the therapy that you offer because I know that you had mentioned that you also kind of touch on like couple therapy Mm, and things like that so is it just like like is it specific things or how does that work well I can see anybody because Mm -hmm. I have a license right so I could see anybody I want but in our like ethical guidelines there are certain things that we stick to so it's what you would call a niche what's your niche practice so what do you specialize in that takes time in building your own practice of what knowing what you're good at and what you like right I can Mm -hmm. be good at it all but I may not like doing it all so I specialize in focus in seeing couples Um, I enjoy working with couples a lot which I never thought I would Mm -hmm. but I have a, a lot of my clients are couples Um, I work a lot with PTSD. I'm, uh, trained in EMDR therapy, which is, um, eye movement desensitization, reprocessing therapy. So similar to hypnosis, but you're fully conscious and aware. Um, it's really helpful, um, for PTSD. So it helps with the memories. So I'm specialized in that. I do a lot of that, a lot of anxiety and depression, um, In my past jobs, I've been trained in bipolar, severe mental illness like schizophrenia. I've worked in the psychiatric wards and hospitals. It was by far one of the favorite places I've ever worked. Um, And I did that very early on into my career. So I really enjoyed that. I'm specialized in addictions. I have a lot of experience working with all types of addictions, whether that's um, more of the adult 
addictions, um, mm-hmm. gambling, um, substance use, alcohol, drugs, things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, all different kinds of things. But for my practice, I try to keep it while I'm part time, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and then couples, relationships, issues, uh, self-esteem, things like that. And um, I feel like you, you really handle a lot of different types of emotions, just like daily. Yeah. How, how do you manage that? From them or for me? For you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we love to say it's hard to take your own advice. Mm-hmm. So we can give it all day, um, but you can't be your own therapist. So, I mean, I try. Um, coping skills. I'm very into acting. I've been taking an acting class. I've done singing lessons. I love to paint. I love art. Um, I would like to say I work out or I like to work out. I don't. That's a lie. So I won't say that. Um, I have two dogs and I spend time with my husband um, and one of my friends. Um, we kind of do stuff together and then I'm planning my wedding and I just bought a house. So there's plenty, (laughs) plenty to do. Um, but yeah, just trying to focus on yourself, taking time out, which can be difficult working two jobs and doing all of that stuff, but setting your boundaries and setting time for yourself. Right. It's the best way that I can explain it. Sometimes you still have the occasional, like, I can't do this. I'm crying. Yeah. And so if people do text you or call you after hours are you the type to respond or so I give them a disclaimer all my clients know I work another job right and you still have the ones who are still working on things like anxiety and they're super have attachment issues right and so you have to work with them on if they're reaching out to you and saying I need to see you right now right now right now working with them in that moment through email or text or whatever Let's talk about, is this a true emergency? What's happening? You have your resources. And after time, it gets a little bit easier. Um, But yes, my clients know that they can reach me by email or text or a phone call 24-7. They can email me. Doesn't mean I'll respond right away. Because I'm not working on those hours unless we're in a session. But they know it comes right to my phone. I do see it. And if it's something really serious, they'll know that I will call them. Right. Yeah. And maybe in just like little words, um, I I feel like a lot of people would have this question, but what's stopping you from going full time on your private practice? Healthcare, healthcare, <laughs> um, <laughs> having health insurance. It's very expensive to get health insurance at the marketplace. Um, I mean, right now I just got married, so that is an option, but it's not an option for everyone. And healthcare is super important. I have um, hypothyroidism and Graves' disease. Um, I've had multiple surgeries on my eyes, and you know, women parts and all kinds of things that I have to keep up with. So it's very important to me. I take medic- multiple medications to have good healthcare. So that's the biggest thing. The other thing is just probably fear. I mean, it creeps up, but I wouldn't say that it wouldn't be successful. I definitely get enough of, um, what is it called? Like consultation requests. I definitely get enough people asking to see me. I definitely get enough people saying, oh, are you available during the day? And I have to tell them, no, I'm not. 
I'm also thinking about my resume, right? So I am a social worker. And as I said, I have the ability to go back and do anything I want in this field is very broad. So if I start a practice and I decide in 15 years that I don't like it, I don't want to do it anymore. I need to make sure that on my resume, I maintain good references, no matter how long ago they were. And I've stayed a long enough time at a job, right? That wasn't like three months before I say, oh, I'm going to up and go bye-bye. Like, you know, so I think about that as well, but who knows? It just depends. I think when the timing is right, you'll know. Yeah, no, that's completely understandable. And what do you feel like right now, where would you want to see yourself in five years? (laughs) Probably with my private practice full time. Yeah, Yeah. probably with. I think you'll get there a lot sooner. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm like looking like, hmm, next year, two years. Probably like the end of this year. (laughs) Yeah, you keep pushing me for that. I'm a pusher. I'm a pusher. I'm a pusher. Um, I do, though. I, I remind her every every single two weeks that she comes in. She can definitely do it. And you know what? Okay. And the reason why is because I did the same thing to you. Yeah. No, for she, pu- years. she pushed me first and now I'm re- reversing. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it will happen. It is something that, I mean, my husband's pushing me. Why don't you just do it? Why don't you just do it? Why don't you just do it? And I'm like, it's complicated. Yeah. But yeah, I, my clients definitely want to see more of me for sure. So it's definitely something I've considered, but My job right now is really nice. They're nice people. You know, it's pretty relaxing. I had been working some high stress jobs up until this. And I really was like hoping for something that would allow me to do another job outside of my first one. I've been working crazy hours, working two and three jobs for years. No sleep. I would go to the hospital and wouldn't get off until two in the morning and have to be back at my job being a supervisor and a mental health counselor at eight o'clock in the morning, like trying to study for my exam at that point too, to get my license, which was the goal. So it's been years of me constantly grinding, but you know, they say it never stops. Yeah. I think when we, we first met like what, three years ago, you were working three jobs Mm -hmm. and I was like, girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was. Girl. (laughs) I've worked three jobs a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that I haven't worked two jobs since probably 2015, 2019. Oh my gosh. 2019, I think. I've, I've been working at least two jobs in some way since then. Yeah. So you're just kind of like used to it at this point. Yeah. It's definitely not something I want to do long term. It's not right. a goal. Um, it is not healthy. In this economy, in America, we are where we are. It is difficult, right? Inflation is high. Bills to be paid. So even for, you know, therapists, people think that we have a lot of money. I mean, there's a lot of things we have to pay for. There's things that goes into like our marketing I mean, you know that marketing, mm. business cards, websites, um, subscriptions. I mean, continuing education. I'm getting ready to take a course in becoming um, a certified birth doula to add to my practice, right? Like in a couple months, and that's expensive, you know. And then taking more, so that'll be a third job because I'll have to take more time to attend live births, offer my time to be able to get that certification, and then the training keeps going from there, just so that I can offer more 
to my resume and to my practice. So, yeah. And um, just to kind of go back, because I did not know what a doula was. Could you? Maybe some people may not. <laughs> so I'm still waiting to take the training. Mm-hmm. But in my, in, to my knowledge, a doula is like a therapist, but for new parents. Yeah. Right. A mom who's pregnant or parents who are getting ready to have a baby. Um, a doula is there to advocate for you, whether it's in a hospital, a birthing center, a home birth, whatever it may be. They're there to teach you about pressure management or pain management, right? They like to call it pressure management because they don't want you to think of it as pain if we're talking about natural birth. Mm -hmm. Um, So they teach you techniques. They can teach you, they can also be lactation um, um, consultants where they teach you how to breastfeed. Um, And they help you with the doctors, right? So when you go into a hospital, they do things, a lot of things by policy. That's for anything. If it's, even if you're having a baby, you go in and they want to do a cervical check on you every hour. Well, that can introduce infection, It just depends on what it's needed for, right? So if that's not a part of your plan and you want um, less less interruption, per se, then a doula is there to be like, hey, nope, we don't need that. We We don't don't have have to to do that that. and just kind of like advocate for you. Right, that's their job. Now, a birthing doula is on call the month of your due date. So they go, that's a birthing doula. So they go with you. Whenever you call them, you're available 24-7. So you have to be on call, available by phone, text, um, and you have to be able to drive within a certain amount of miles to their home to assist them because you never know when they're going to go into labor. And then there's midwives, which are nurse practitioners or nurses, um, and those are typically people who have, like, home births, right? So they have the midwives there. There's typically not really a doctor. You just have the midwives. But even the hospital, there can be midwives. Certain uh, birthing centers offer it all in one. Just as you pay for it, you get everything. Um, And yeah, I mean, they have postpartum doulas, which are basically nannies. You go in at night when the parents go to sleep after the mom has pumped. If she's breastfeeding, she leaves the milk outside the door. You come in at night for your night shift. And whenever the baby gets up, you're on the clock. You're taking care of the baby. You're feeding the baby. You might do the dishes. You might do laundry. 7 a.m. comes, 8 a.m. comes, parents wake up, you're gone. You get paid for that. So there's many different types of dueling that you can do. That's really cool. Yeah. And because um, I know you're going to go ahead and take the class. Where where do you feel like you would lie under? As in a type of doula? Mm-hmm. Um, if I was doing my practice full time, then I would probably do more birthing doula and postpartum. But I think it's just going to be how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. The situa- situation falls with working and doing my practice. Um, because to be a birthing doula, you have to be able to offer being on call yeah and I can't leave my full-time job at two o'clock to go with you to your birthing center unless I can take off all of my vacation time during that time to be able to do it right Right. I don't have that kind of job right now so probably more postpartum or letting them know early on because I'm going to offer like low-cost services and volunteering until I get my certification so that people have access to services, as I am a social worker, and I want everyone to have access to things that would be rather expensive. It is very expensive to be a doula, just like um, EMDR therapy is very expensive. Insurances don't pay for it. It's like $200 an hour. So, <clears throat> yeah. So I offer it to my clients, and I just charge their insurance as a regular session, and that way they have access to those things. So when I become a doula, same thing, just to get, you know, 
be able to have them to have that connection, but with the understanding of I cannot be here unless it's after hours, starting at this time, ending at this time. Oh, that's sweet of you. Yeah. That's very sweet of you. I'm a self short. <laughs> For the people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. Yeah. And so for anyone that's looking to get into your field, what would you say your tips would be for them? Yeah, so probably if you're looking at being a therapist, look at social work because it's so broad. You're going to want to change your mind. It's human nature, right? You might not want to stick with the same career forever. A lot of people change their careers and then they want to go back to school. More student loans. We're not doing that. Biden didn't give us our money. We're not going back to school. Right. right. So um, social work is good. You can literally do any kind of career you want. You can change it up. There's nothing extra that you have to do. So consider social work. Also, just stick it out. I mean, it's really hard working through all the grunt work, all the jobs, the internships, but it is worth it, right, depending on your goal. And then um, get a license. I mean, the, the time has come when we're phasing out a little bit of not having licenses, depending on what state you're in. Um, it's more money. It's two years of a full-time job that you would be doing anyway to get your hours. Go see someone, talk to them about your clients, like free therapy, for like every other week or every week. Learn about yourself, learn about your craft, two years, and then all you have to do is take a test. It's one test, and there are really great like study resources for that exam. Therapist Development Center is fantastic. It is like 200 or $300. Mm-hmm. I knew to save up for that, and I passed on the first try. It's a hard exam. Um, Not a lot of people pass on the first try. And I knew that I wanted to. I didn't want to wait on my hours. I had a goal. No breaks. Never a break from me. Um, So that was a really great resource. Take the practice exams. Do the studying. And really put your focus on the test. But get a license. You can get paid so much more. Yeah. Your own practice. You don't have to ever work for somebody again if you don't want to, really. Right. So that would probably be my advice. I love that. Okay. And then um, we're going to go into the next segment where I have some, they're called horror stories. Okay. Yeah. Um, Had some of those. This is the first time where I actually haven't read them. So, yeah. Okay. I have, so it'll be a surprise for the both of us. Yeah. Okay. See if they can be anything that I've, that I've had. I know. I know you've had some crazy Crazy. stuff. Crazy (laughs) stuff. Let's see. We don't have a title for this first one, but um, she goes, he or she goes, I'm pretty new in my career, but I got assigned a family and visited them at their home this week. I went home completely depressed. Granted, I know this is tame. The house was filthy. I've never seen anything like that in person. It was comparable to a hoarder house. Just stuff and trash and rotting food everywhere. Cockroaches, maggots, every single inch of the home was trashed. Apparently, they had some small animal, some small mammals die a few a few days ago. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? what kind? Died? <laughs> wait, yeah, died? Like, just die? <laughs> They're still there? And in the, the house? It says, and the animal corpse were still in the cages just decaying. That's abuse. I'm calling ASPCA. Yeah, no, that's a little... They had at least three dogs and one cat, but possibly more. Oh, my God. Did they all die? I will cry. Oh. I have two dogs. They probably weren't being fed. <gasps> yeah. Because, like, how would they just Why are you die? trying to make me depressed? This is, this is a little. This one's sad. 
What was really what really messed me up was seeing that the kids who lived in the home were just like any regular kids having to live in those conditions tears my heart apart. They seemed very attention deprived. They were literally pushing each other out of the way, fighting for the microphone. One was showing me his guitar and trying to play me a song. One wanted to show me his card game and the other wanted to show me his drawings. They clearly don't get the attention or love and care that kids need. Their bedroom was three mattresses on the floor, no sheets or pillows with rotting food all around them, nothing else. No toys or any comfort items other than the bare minimum and the filth. I went home and just laid on my bed face down, knowing that I can't fix it for them. CPS is already involved, and they're not doing anything about it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard if you don't have the evidence to prove that it's a, that it's abuse. And, you know, in the state of Florida, we're a reunification state. So they're always looking out to try to reconnect the families versus fostering them out and having them be adopted and stuff like that and removing parental rights. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I can imagine they probably didn't do very much about it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's so depressing. Yeah, it is sad. It's sad. There's things to be done, but yeah, definitely sad. We're going to lighten the mood up with a little game. Okay. I have a game where I'm going to be putting you on the spot and say if you don't want to, you refuse to answer any a question, then we'll just take a shot. But I thought I would spice it up because everyone was so excited that we were going to have a therapist. So I am going to let anyone here ask you one question each because I I feel like everyone's curious and we have four people here. So we'll see. You'll go first. Have you ever had a client who talks openly about wanting to hurt someone else? Absolutely. How yes. do you go about that? Um, wanting to kill someone? Or just hurt people in general? Yeah, I had an ex-boyfriend who talked to me about that. I had a client who talked to me about that. Um, so in those situations, it's still what's called like a Baker Act. So they are involuntarily committed if they're not willing to go to the hospital, right? So um, as a licensed person, I can Baker Act somebody. I can hold you for up to 72 hours if I feel like you're a danger to someone else or to yourself. And you're not willing to go in to be evaluated. So, yeah, we, um, we've called the police. I used to work in a psych hospital where they've made threats to senators. They made threats that they were going to blow up the president. Yeah, I mean, like, all kinds of stuff. Crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I had someone who actually tried to murder a nurse at the psych hospital that I worked at. One of my, actu- my actual clients at the psych hospital, um, she had these two men who were fighting over her in the psych hospital. Yes, girl. Oh, Lord. She was getting it. These two men were fighting over her. Mm. She was doing it. Yeah. Right? That's the goal. They were, fighting, they were fighting over her. She was like, she was like, okay, so who, whoever can get me out of here, that's who I'm going to date. And they were like, bet. They got, we used to give them these composition, these cheap little composition notebooks and a little pencil or whatever, the flexi pens that they yeah, can't, like, that they can't. with. Mm-hmm. They devised a plan to murder a nurse to get her out. We found the notebook before it happened. But they was going to kill, and I hated that nurse. The oh. charger, she was a bitch. But, like, she didn't deserve to die. Yeah, they no. They was going to get her. Dang. <laughs> they was going to get her good. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like the day before and we found the notebook and and I'm just looking at them like you guys saved her life really <laughs> and I'm looking at them like really and they was like I mean you know my shorty you know I gotta yeah I gotta get her out and I'm like first of all y'all know we have badges and codes like there's a double set of doors it's so a lot harder to get out of here than you think you cannot get out like that like you gonna kill her and you're just gonna be sitting here chilling with her and her dead body yeah you're not going anywhere. And they're like, no, we got it. We got it, Miss Alayo. We got it. We're going to get her out. And I'm like, okay, go sit your ass down. <laughs> Give me that fucking notebook. <laughs> now I got to do more work. Yeah. got to do more work. Give me the pen. You're on lockdown. <laughs> now I got to sit with you for 24 hours on a one-to-one to watch your crazy ass. She come over to me telling me, why did you ruin my, my prospects? <laughs> now I can't even leave. And I don't have any boyfriends because, you know. I had one guy crawl military style to her. She was getting it. Oh, at the hospital. she was loved. I'm not joking. Like <laughs> what? military style on his hands and knees in the middle of the night. And we'd be like, his name is not George, but I'd be like, George. And he'd be like, damn, back <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> crawling backwards. Fuck. <laughs> into her room once really mm-hmm. oh my lord and we were like george get the fuck out of here get- what are you doing and she'd be like bro you know they have the paper the paper stuff yeah man oh my i do not care <laughs> she was my favorite client uh, i hope she's good now no, wherever girl, she's she at ain't good. <laughs> she is not good that's a story crazy story <laughs> yeah with her mm-hmm. oh. yes she left we have this thing called mental health court, and um, someone did not do their job. So whenever you have someone on a Baker Act longer than um, like a like three days, they have the ability to be able to or the right to be able to go to mental health court. So an advocate or a lawyer will come in, and their whole job is to get them out of this hold, regardless of whether they're going to hurt themselves or not. Like she, one time, this lawyer was like, "It is this client's right." to live with the aliens in a tent in the woods if they want to. Are they hurting anyone? No. Yeah. They can want to live on a spaceship. That is their right. Out. Like, they will get out based on this. The judge is like, oh, she's right, I guess. Let's go live with the aliens. I don't know. Like, yeah, let go. So this lady did not do her job because she was leaving, and I ended up with this client. So when she was out, she was out for a maximum of 12 hours, and she was brought right back. She comes back and she's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, and it's the same client. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, okay. So we give her pregnancy test negative. And she was like, I met my man behind a McDonald's oh. and now I'm pregnant. And I was like, girl, she was like, he's mixed. Puerto Rican and black. And I'm like, do you know his name? And she's like, I'm not telling you that. So you can take my man. And I'm like, I promise you, I do not want your man. What? I don't want him. And she's like, no, he's mixed. And I'm pregnant. And I was like, okay. And yeah. She was like, you got to call my parents. Because she was in her 30s, but she was like, you got to call my parents and tell them I'm having a baby. Oh, my like, gosh. No. She was just like fully she believing was, it. And, and when I tell you, the next week came around and she was like, I'm pregnant. And they were like, you are not pregnant, Sarah. That's yeah. not her name. I will tell you her name after this because you will bawl. <laughs> like, and she was like, she was like, I am. And they gave her another pregnancy test, not pregnant. She keeps going on and on. I'm pregnant. Third week comes around. That bitch comes back positive. 
pregnant as fuck from 12 hours of being outside of the facility <laughs> behind the McDonald's met her Puerto Rican and black man oh, so he the McDonald's. is real he is real and she didn't she really didn't want you to steal that him was she was her being first, dead serious. that was her first time meeting this man she doesn't know this man he took her behind a McDonald's and impregnated her oh and she my was pregnant gosh. and t- because she's mentally ill that's sexual assault I don't know what he got going on, oh. but yes, she was pregnant. And I was like, huh? And she was like, I told you I was pregnant. I was like, okay, girl, I got it. And she was like, you got to call my parents and tell them I'm keeping the baby. And I said, uh, Sarah, I don't think that's a good idea. She was like, I'm keeping it. Yeah. And he's, when I get out of here, he's going to be waiting for me. And I was like, okay. Oh. So I called her parents and they didn't want to have anything to do with her. The only thing they wanted to use her for was money. So they were like, we're going to sue your facility because someone in your facility raped her and got her pregnant. And we were like, ma'am, we can pinpoint the exact time she got pregnant from these labs, okay? Right. She was not in this facility when that happened. They didn't want to take the baby. They wanted to do anything. Nothing. So she ended up going to, when you're pregnant, you have to go off of your mental health medications, right? So she went nuts. They put her so nuts that she would come out of her room naked like this partying and i'm like sarah go back come on back to your room and she's like okay you put her back in her room close the door here she comes (laughs) come out the room and i'm like she's like it's hot and i'm like are your meds making you hot but you got to put on some clothes yeah she threw hot coffee on a tech because she was mad that she didn't get a cookie hot coffee burned him so they put her in seclusion which is like those padded rooms um, she shit little pebbles. Yep. Like mm-hmm. Little poopies. And she shoved them under the door. Mm-hmm. Smeared feces all over the windows and walls. And they didn't want to take the time to clean her. So they would give her food and she would mix it in her food, put it in her bra, put her bra on, and would eat it. What? Eat the food. The food. What was the purpose of putting it in her bra? What? I don't know. Because she was so mentally ill and off of her meds that because she was pregnant, they didn't want to harm the baby. And we were waiting for her to have a spot at the the state hospital, which has Dopplers and things that can monitor pregnant women in that state. And because they're not on medications, they had tried to put her on a medication. She ended up in the hospital because she could barely move. She had whatever it's called when you're like drooling really bad. So... It was, it was pretty sad to see her like that. And then when I told her I was leaving, she threw herself on the floor and ripped her hair out. And told me that nobody cared about her there, which was true. And so I felt really bad for her. But definitely borderline tendencies for sure. She was very sick. But yeah, she and that baby was healthy. You would think that, that there was something wrong with that baby, all that stuff going on. Nope. Healthy baby. She went to the state hospital, and I don't know if she gave birth because I was gone by that point. But her parents wanted nothing to do with her. And the sad thing is, once she had the baby, if she had the baby, they were going to take it and put it in state custody. She would never, ever be able to keep the baby because she was mentally incompetent. She yeah. can't be a mom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What's <sighs> up? So, <clears throat> so after dealing with, like, so much stuff, like, and I'm pretty sure in the beginning it would kind of, like, you know, affect you in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you... How would you and your husband kind of, or your, 
Yeah. Okay. yeah. So how would you like? How would you guys kind of deal with that? Because you know, coming back home from something like that, like your emotions after getting off of work, basically. I don't know. How did I deal with it? We have hello's <laughs> husband here, so he's gonna answer. How did I deal with it? Um, I mean, we we talk about it. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of talking. Yeah, a lot of talking. A lot of talking, a lot of venting. Venting, yeah. I mean, we managed. Processing. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of hugging. A lot of tears. A lot of, But a lot of that was from, the again, the people that I worked for. Yeah. Um, I did cry. This was bef- way before I met him, this client. But I did cry about her. That was one I did about cry about. About mm-hmm. the girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. After that happened, I did cry about her. That was very sad. Um, I didn't really, I've maybe cried about two clients my whole life. But, yeah, just trying to be there, being supportive. Um, but a lot of it was who I was working with. And we just managed by, like, the goal is private practice, getting the license, finishing what you need to finish, and then we won't have to deal with this anymore. We'll have the choice. So that's kind of what pushed through. But he's very supportive. Um one of my biggest supporters and should be for the title that he carries now. <laughs> but yeah, just a lot of processing and talking just like you would for therapy and just, yeah, being supportive. Yeah. It worked its way through. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you have any? Yeah. So this is very popular at the moment. What is your thoughts on people self-diagnosing? <laughs> Don't do it. You need someone to actually, someone who knows what they're doing to actually diagnose you. Because you don't know, like, I've, I've had clients who said, oh, I have autism. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you do not have, you're not autistic. That's the new thing now, too, um, diagnosing themselves as, as being autistic. Yeah, everyone thinks they're on the spectrum. No, that's not a thing. Like, we're not, we're not doing that. Like, go see a professional who's gone to tons of training and years of school before you diagnose yourself as something because you could be marketing yourself as something that you're completely not and trying to change your life and work your life through something that not actually you. So I wouldn't do that. That wouldn't even benefit you in the long run. And how are you going to manage it anyway? You're self-diagnosing, but then how are you managing? What do you plan to do with it afterwards if you're not seeking some type of professional help or medication and they would have to diagnose you to be able to provide that for you anyway? Anytime I see a client... First session, I have to diagnose them. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. Anything else? Anything else? Did you have any questions for her? I mean, I'm sure you. But anything that you feel like someone else would like to hear the answer for? Um, what's your advice on giving people who deal with a lot of stress? And how do you deal with stress yourself? I like that. This is good advice for me. Let me get ready. What's my advice on people who deal with a lot of stress and how do I deal with stress myself? Um, coping skills. I mean, just having healthy coping skills. It is not as easy as people think. Yeah. It's a lot easier said than done, but you have to carve out time for yourself. I said that before. You have to have time for yourself. Set boundaries. Say no. No is a full sentence. You do not have to please everyone. You don't have to be a people pleaser to have a happy life. Like, just say no. I am in my selfish era. I love saying no. I love saying I'm not doing that. Nope. Mm. 
mm, I'm not doing that. Mm, yeah. Good luck. Sorry. <laughs> Because I have been so long devoting myself to other people and saying yes and wondering if someone likes me and what does that benefit me? Living my life for someone else when I die and I look back by myself, by the way, because we come into the earth on our own and we're going to leave on our own. Right. Um, So when I look back at everything and I'm looking at like how I lived my life and I just lived it for everyone else, how happy am I going to be? It seems like a waste of space, time and energy. Um, and that's how I deal with my stress. I try my best to say no. It is definitely difficult. You are you are going to have those moments. But for me, again, reaching my goal of getting my license, moving out, being independent at an early age, I did everything on time. And that's not to say that people who are feeling bad about doing things not on time or on schedule according to them or comparing themselves on social media, that's not to say that I am better than anyone or anything like that because I definitely had my struggles. Um, But just take your time and try to reach your own goals. And reaching my goal helped me with my stress. Now I have the choice. If I have a supervisor who's abusing me, I don't have to stay there. Right. I can choose myself. Back then, it didn't feel like I had that choice. Even though I did, this made me feel a little bit more secure. And I can make my own money. I do not have to take anything from anyone. I don't have to please anybody. I don't have to prove anything. I'm good with where I'm at. And I'm trying to live my life a little bit more slowly, taking time for myself, even taking clients. I do not take every client that wants to see me just because. Like, I take time for myself. No, can I, Can we put no? No. We can't push back. No, we can't do it on this day. Why? Because I have my me time. And if I don't take my me time, I'm not going to be your therapist for much longer. Right. And I have to lead by example as well. I try my best too. So that's how I deal with my stress. Try my best to cope and do activities for myself. I have a garden that I started and, you know, just being happy and with all the stuff that I have going on, try my best to focus on me. Do what you love and... Have boundaries. Boundaries. Always have boundaries. Big one. Anything else from anyone? Okay. Well, I did just want to thank you for coming on. We so appreciate you being here and just fun. Yeah, sharing your stories and all of that. It's been a good time. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Um I really, really, really appreciate it. I haven't seen you for a long time, so I'm happy to see you grow. Very proud. Thank you. Very, very happy. And um, thanks, everybody else, for helping. Yeah. Helping <laughs> out my friend. <laughs> and thank you again for being here. We'll have to get you back on here another time. But in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and put Halal's social media. So if you guys wanted to just give her a follow, then that'll be on there. Um I don't know if you wanted me to just put, like, your website or... Sure, I'll give it to you, yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll see how it kind of, like, all... Yeah, of course. Whatever you're comfortable with. Because if you don't want your personal Instagram out there... No, I have a professional one. Yeah, okay. I have a professional one, too. Perfect. Yeah, I hide from my clients, girl. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) Well, thank you guys again. And if you guys wanted to go ahead and either tag the next person that you want to see on here or if you want to email me some of your own client horror story times i would love to check them out and we'll see you next time thank you